What is going on, my fellow geeks? Three movies with elves and a guy with a white beard. Not a lot of people accept it as canon. 2022 will be the year of Star Wars. Well, I have more than just one piece of geek news. I have been Isaac Hunter. Which is like high culture, but better. Hello, fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, the weekly pop culture podcast where we talk about all things geeky and geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. My name is Hope Goodall, host of the Raving Geeks podcast, along with my co-host Carter Sally, who will introduce himself in a minute with our question of the week. If you're just joining us for the first time and you want to check out our other episodes, you can find us at cm-life.com and any other place you listen to podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Just search Central Michigan Life Podcasts Raving Geeks. Um, so this week is going to be a little bit different because I'm letting Carter take the reins for uh, the discussion portion of the podcast because I only have two, maybe three, if we decide to put one out during finals week, which we will talk about that later, but basically two episodes left after this. Um, I'm student teaching in the fall, so Carter needs to get some practice in on work in the podcast and running the discussion. Um, mm-hmm. But before I let him take the reins for this episode, um, Carter, I want to know what is your favorite silent or limited limited dialogue film or favorite aspect of a silent or limited dialogue film? Uh, well, what I love about silent films is that it completely relies on imagery to tell the story, which I think is a completely underrated way to do uh, film and why I think Wally as a the first part of Wally where the fairly any dialogue is a great great film but my favorite silent film is Nosferatu from I think it's 1918 let me fact check myself on that but it's a great it's like one of the first very first vampire movies and it's a great watch for anyone who uh is curious about the horror genre and just wants to get started with like the history of it but um it's not ready to go into like conjuring um other kind of scary stuff like that uh how about you hope um my favorite aspect of the films is the creativity of the music creators um just because like they have to match what's going on on the screen to be able to portray it more um but i would say my favorite limited dialogue film is dunkirk Mm-hmm. Um, not just because Harry Styles is in it. That's not why. Um, but <laughs> I really liked how like they had to use their facial expressions a lot. Like it was whole body acting, not just relying on the dialogue. Um, or basically anything Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love his comedy and the music that goes with it just fits so well. I will say I don't like the silent films that put the dialogue on the screen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I realize you didn't understand how to record like dialogue yet. <laughs> but this just takes away from the rest of the movie, in my opinion. But it is what it is. All right. Um, on to our geek news for the week. So Carter, what have you got for us this week? 
uh, just after fact checking myself for Nosferatu, it was actually 1922, so I needed to correct myself. Uh, but we had a lot of news come out in World of Geekiness because Star Wars Celebration just ended, and we got a whole bunch of announcements like James Mangold, director of Logan, is going to be directing an uh, origin movie for the Jedi, which is very exciting. Uh, Dave Filoni got his own movie, and he will be directing uh, the end of the Mandalorian universe and all the interconnected stories with a movie that will hopefully come out in 2026, though that date is not set in stone. Uh, Daisy Ridley is returning for basically what is Star Wars 10, and she is going to rebuild the Jedi Order in that movie. Uh, Andor Season 2 is coming in August of 2024 on Disney+. Ballerina, the John Wick spinoff, twirls into theaters on June 7th of 2024. Uh, the House of Dragons Season 2 series is now in production, which is great to hear. And a new Game of Thrones spinoff was just announced being A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, The Hedge Knight, which I have, I don't know that story at all, so I'm super curious to see what that's all about. Uh, the Mario movie just released and its hit song Peaches sung by Bowser or Jack Black is eligible for best original song at the Oscars. So fingers crossed for next uh, Oscars that we can win Jack Black one of those. And the biggest news of the week is that HBO Max is completely changing their name to Just Max and they will be rolling out more content in 2024 and they just had like their own mini celebration about a whole bunch of projects that were announced like uh, uh gremlins prequel series uh, a date release for welcome to dairy being 2024 and a trailer for the penguin series for the matt reeds batman universe which has all been great news uh hope what do you have for us um i just want to add on to your hbl real quick that the reason why they're going to just max is because I believe they bought Discovery Plus last no, year. I think Discovery bought out Warner Brothers and then they fused the both of, they're gonna fuse both of their streaming services into Max, if I have that yes. correctly. But it, by but Max HBO is like the parent company. Right. So yeah. So if you're wondering where your Discovery Plus stuff is going, it's going over to what will now be known as just max um adding on to your star wars news which i was surprised you did not have this one um but ashoka casts lars michelson as villain grand admiral thrawn Mm -hmm. um i have no idea if he is related to mads michelson he is it's his brother it's okay that I was like, that's a very uncommon last name, or at least I think it's a very uncommon last name, so there's no way that they, they're not related somehow, but um, for the HBO Max uh, series, The Penguin, they just cast Carmen Ijogo, Francis Chow, and David H. Holmes in recurring roles. Um, the lead is Colin Farrell from The Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what the new cast members, what their characters are yet. Uh, that was not released. Um, but yeah, we've got three new cast members there. Um, speaking of the Mario movie, um, this isn't like news or anything, but I just want to let y'all know that Jack Black 
wants the Super Mario's Bro movie sequel to star Pedro Pascal as Wario. Just so you're all aware. Mm-hmm. Um, Stranger Things is expanding its universe on Netflix with an animated series. The adventure continues. Um, that's in the works right now. Kim Kardashian is joining American Horror Story season 12 with Emma mm-hmm. Roberts. Um, Mia Goth has joined Marvel's Blade reboot as an unknown or undisclosed character. Um, she is best known for her breakout roles in X and Pearl. Uh, Isaiah Bradley is going to be in the new Captain America movie, Captain America New World Order. Um, he's going to be suiting up for some action against the Serpent Society. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you geeks who have been with us, uh, with Brendan and Isaac and I, how much we love boys. Season four of The Boys just finished um, filming. If I knew this, I forgot it. Uh, apparently Jeffrey Dean Morgan is part of season four. Mm-hmm. Um, so now all we need is Misha Collins and Jared Padalecki and the boys will have cast basically everyone in Supernatural or at least the main people. Um, cause he had Jensen Ackles in it last season and whoever Jeffrey Dean Morgan is playing for season four, I'm not sure. Um, and then my final bit of geek news is for anyone who is fans of Firekeeper's Daughter, um, which was a book by Angeline Bully. Her next book, which is called Warrior, Warrior Girl Unearthed, is um, being released on May 2nd of this year. So I'm super excited for it. Um, she said that if uh, Firekeeper's Daughter was native american or indigenous um nancy drew that warrior girl is indigenous tomb raider but instead of like raiding the tombs she's stealing from museums to return back to the tribes um which i think is gonna be super cool so yeah mm-hmm that seemed really fast for geek news for me, and I'm sure some of you are very happy about that. Um, but now on to our geek topic. So Carter, take it away. Uh, our geek topic that I have chosen for this episode is best soundtracks for the soundtracks that we love the most. Um, I guess I'll start off with my third most liked soundtrack, and it is Prince of Darkness, scored by John Carpenter. Um, so Prince of Darkness is a very, it's not an obscure John Carpenter movie, but it's like one of the ones that not a whole lot of people know about. But if you go into the really diehard horror community, they, they know about it. And it's this great film about a bunch of college students that team up with a priest and studying this giant vat of supernatural slime that turns out to be a demonic entity waiting to be released. It's a great, great movie if you love cheesy horror movies, but that score is very, very haunting. I remember sitting down with uh, my friend Connell and his girlfriend. And, uh, we were just trying to pick like um, goofy horror movies to watch. I'm like, oh, let's watch Prince of Darkness. From what I remember from it, it's not that serious. No, that movie is dark for a reason. It's very unsettling and the score is so good. It just sets the mood for what kind of film you're going to experience. It's like this very spacey, techno-y, uh guitar riffy 
um, music. It's I actually own some of it through iTunes, which is how much I love it. And uh, it's a soundtrack that I can never get out of my head. And I always love listening to it around the fall season. It's just a very great mood setter. Uh, what's your number three, Hope? Um, my number three is very specific. The rest of my list is not specific. Um, but my number three is the 2009 film Star Trek with Chris Pine. Um, the score was written by Michael Giacno. Gino, I can never. I am trying to. Giacchino. Oh, Michael Giacchino. Thanks. I was trying to read the uh, International Phonetic Alphabet, and I was like, I can do it with a piece of paper in front of me that I have all my notes on how to do it. But, um, but yeah, I really liked that one just because like it pulled me in a lot more than the second or third films. Our, the second and third films were are definitely... Um, like really good soundtracks to listen to if you are the type of person who needs non uh lyric lyrical music to listen to um just like they suggest using um game uh oh my gosh what the video games why couldn't i remember video i don't know <laughs> um video games soundtracks that they say to listen to while you're studying because they're designed to not be like super distracting um but I am one of those people that I listen to the soundtracks um because I especially if I love them um and I can tell you what's happening be just listening to the music I'll be like this is what's happening in the movie and I can have seen it once and I will know what's happening when the soundtrack is playing um, cause I'm also that kid that when Percy Jackson movie came out and they were in the Lotus Casino and hotel that all of a sudden Lady Gaga stopped playing and I was like, oops, scene change. And people that I was seeing it with did not notice that. And I was like, you gotta listen to the music. Um, but yeah, Star Trek with Chris Pine, 2009, um, very definitely a great contender and in my number three spot nice i'm gonna have to rewatch that film because i know four is four still coming out is it still i haven't heard anything in a while but i know chris pine was just doing dungeons and dragons and carl urban um was the boys Mm -hmm. and zoe saldana was um marvel yeah obviously Simon Pegg's Mission Impossible yeah they're yeah um but uh, yeah I I do need to rewatch those ones because I remember them being really really good Uh, um on to my second pick it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy and their soundtrack both the copyrighted music soundtrack and the original soundtrack I don't remember who did the original soundtrack um I'm going to assume that it's the same person. I think it's Michael Giacchino, but I, don't quote me on that. Um, but there's one specific track in that that gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. It's when the Guardians land in Ronan the Accuser's ship, 
You know, they go into the hole, they crash land, and they're just in complete and total darkness. Most of them are injured, and Groot just lifts up his hand, and all the light-up spores come out, and that techno piano music comes in, and it just oozes 80s sci-fi, and I love that scene. I love that soundtrack. I love the copyrighted music. I still own volume one and two on my phone. I listen to it constantly. Come and Get Your Love is probably top 10 favorite songs of all time <laughs> because it taught me to branch out to music that wasn't just heavy metal and that old poppy 80s music is cool too. Um, yeah, that, that, th that both those soundtracks are just buried into my mind. I love them both. And that's my second. It is... Tyler Bates. Tyler Bates. I know he's done more the, stuff than I know. What else has he done that I that I know? Uh, he has done Dawn of the Dead, Three Hundred, mm -hmm. Sucker Punch, Halloween One and Two, in the John Wick franchise is yeah, what he's most what I know known. I know him from John Wick. That's it. I'm like I know I I know him from somewhere else, and he's such. He needs to get more work because I think he does such great work. And it I think he's scoring Guardians 3 also, if I remember correctly. He should be. Um, according to Wikipedia, no. Um, he did John Wick Chapter 4, mm -hmm. Pearl, Day Shift, X. So he knows... Or probably not because I don't know how how much they interact with the actors, but Mia Goth um was in two of those. Mm -hmm. He did the um Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, The Spy Who Dumped Me, Deadpool Two. Um, let's see, Guardians yeah, done a lot of good work. I really love I love all those movies that you just listed off. Especially 300. His 300 score is really damn good. Most of that story is told through music and imagery with some lines of dialogue here and there. But it's so, great Guardians of the Galaxy is being scored by John Murphy. Hmm. Um, I don't think I know him. I'm like I'm trying to look through his like the cinematography stuff and I'm like okay apparently he did kick ass okay um he did the suicide squad oh he's done a lot okay. but like i don't really recognize most of what he's done mm -hmm. so he's apparently been active in film industry since 1992 hmm. so that's very yeah. cool because like Oh, I'm, he did the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special as well. That had a good soundtrack to it. And yeah, the Suicide Squad's um original soundtrack is really, really good when you listen to it, especially when they're going up against Starro. That drum and guitar um um build up to uh <laughs> King Shark just launching himself at Starro. I I love that scene so much. And that music definitely makes that scene. So I'm excited to see what he does for Guardians 3. Um, but yeah, what's your number two? Okay, so this one is generic because I can't remember which movie this specific song is in. I can hear it and I can see it going like this little thing. And I'm like, but I can't. It's really bad that I can't remember which Harry Potter it is. 
I know it's not number four. I know it's not Goblet of Fire. Um, but honestly, in like all honesty, I absolutely love all of the Harry Potter soundtracks. Um, mm-hmm. John Williams did a fantastic job with the first three and then being able to set it up for Patrick Doyle, Nicholas Hooper, and Alexandre Desplat to be able to take themes from the first film and like riff on them and also kind of create their own stuff and um like it's all fantastic it all blends together so well and like seamlessly transitions um it's not like Hamilton where you go from like Alexander saying like if you don't stand for anything bear what do you fall for to all of a sudden new like music change uh not of you know not gonna throw away my shot and it's mm-hmm. just kind of like that abrupt like all of the music is really nicely connected um if there is anything that changes you don't necessarily tell right away um but also they do a really good job of adding the magical element to the music because this film series it's about magic and using magic and even objects are so magical and will move and um and like um, when you get like the certain um like the snitch acting up or um like fred and george's uh shenanigans and stuff like it always is perfect you get the fun like they kind of pull together like Scottish and Irish themes too, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because if Hogwarts is supposed to service the entire United Kingdom, I mean, you got Seamus Finnegan, so that that's our known Irish character. Um, but you got to inc- incorporate all of the other stuff. And like, I probably my favorite like piece besides just Hedwig's theme is for the uh World Cup Mm -hmm. for the Quidditch World Cup like just hearing the little violins doing everything like you can hear the excitement in the music and you don't even need like the screen showing you what's happening to know that it's an exciting time and lots of people are happy and you know no one's worrying about Voldemort or you know death eaters they're just like no let's go have fun watch a game that we all love and then then of course you get the darkness that comes next because barty crouch jr is like here's the dark mark in the sky i'm Hmm. gonna ruin everything um but yeah so harry potter all of them are is my number two yeah no that makes sense they're all great scores um my number one is uh probably star wars episode three i can't get enough of that soundtrack ever since i was a little seven-year-old boy watching star wars three on my little crt tv with my dad and brother those are just some really great memories i have all the tracks memorized um but my i know i love john williams for everything he does to et to indiana jones to jaws to uh, Star Wars, but my favorite piece he's ever done is actually an Empire Strikes Back, and it's Han and Leia's theme. 
that is my favorite musical piece of all time. I love the the giant crescendo it goes into with just a dun, 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 dun. I love it. I love that theme so much. It just, it makes me feel so many emotions and the power of music that holds over you is just such a prime example when I hear that theme. Mm -hmm. I just, I get so tingly and I get chills. It's just, it's like serotonin for my brain. I love, love, love that piece of music. And I am so glad that we have John Williams just for a little bit longer. I know the man is old and I know he just got done doing the Obi-Wan theme, but I hope he snuck in just a little something in the new Indiana Jones movie. I know that somebody oh, else is scoring it, but... Um, but he was in his 70s he's apparently 91 years old oh yeah no that man is ancient he's been around since like 19 yeah he is old he is old (laughs) yeah but he he just he does his job he does it very very well and most iconic scores we know nowadays it was probably done by him yeah absolutely Like, major movie franchises? Are you kidding me? Disney was not going with anybody else. Yeah, Jurassic Park. There's another one right there. Damn. Yeah, that entry scene when you see the Brachiosaurus. I love that scene so much. And the swelling of the music when he says, Welcome to Jurassic Park. Uh, It's so good. He's He's just a master. And I love people like Michael Giacchino and Ludwig Gorgonzon who have kind of like taken um, his role as like the new Star Wars uh, composers. But I'm I'm very excited to see what other composers are, um, what they have cooking for the next few movies for Star Wars. It's going to be weird. Like it's already been weird knowing that um his final star wars thing is probably going to be obi-wan considering how old he is but um yeah he's just he's just the best he's such a great composer he's brilliant and i am so glad to have his piece at my number one what's your number one hope (laughs) uh this one again was just, just all of it uh, and then it looking at like who wrote it, uh, it makes sense because he had a hand in literally every single one. Mm-hmm. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean film series. So if you were watching on YouTube, I have the lovely Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow behind me. Um, with I think the Black Pearl on fire behind me. I could be wrong. There's a lot of ships that catch on fire. And yeah, that's the Black Pirates Pearl. Movies. Okay, that's what I thought, but you know. Um, but so the reason why I say that uh one guy basically has his hand in all of them, Hans Zimmer did not mm-hmm. technically write the first movie set score. Uh it was technically Klaus Bedelt. Um, but Hans Zimmer was a producer, so like you know he got in there and was helping Klaus out and was like, listen, this is what would be good. Um, but then Hans Zimmer came in with the rest of them up until the last film, um, which was Jeff Zan- Zanelli. Mm. Um, 
and he um but like it is so iconic mm-hmm. you just have like you just know what's happening as soon and i will say thank you to tiktok for bringing it back because everybody's trying to do the jack sparrow run on tiktok that's still a thing. that is so funny because randomly when me and my roommate cole were just walking into our dorm he just starts doing the jack sparrow run it's so funny <laughs> it's fantastic and there are some people that i'm like do you understand like what it is it's not just like you holding your hands up a certain way and looking like a pterodactyl it's like you actually have to do this thing um so i don't think people truly understand what the jack sparrow run means but i mean you immediately start thinking of that or you think of will turner um orlando bloom or um because especially like at the end of the first movie he is a pirate which is what the theme is called is he's a pirate literally pops up when like elizabeth's like yep i know that will's a pirate you know i still love him and uh but then but then they also bring in themes that match the movies so well Mm -hmm. so like they all get darker in the first three movies the first trilogy it gets darker as it goes on and then you get um to like the big calypso and um and just like it you can tell that like here's the moment we've been building to this dark scene this massive fight for basically the world and for a difference between life and death and for you know um the flying dutchman to actually do its job and help the dead move on and into the next world um and you do get some funness back into it when um you have to flip the world upside down and flip the boat and jack's on the island by himself but there's like twenty thousand jacks and then there's like a million little crabs or what like you get the little funness in it that shows off what the movies are but then you also get the seriousness in it and also like when you get the different pirate lords like you get in the themes of where they're from and oh my gosh the organ for yeah um, uh, davy jones when he's playing with the davy jones's organ beard. oh, oh my, my god, god. it's it is so great it's so haunting and so beautiful and it's just like oh my gosh like you it's one of those that like you want to sit there and listen to it forever but it's also just so haunting and dark that you're like this is gonna give me nightmares just on its own oh but it's so good and then of course when you bring in penelope cruz um as jack sparrow's kind of love interest but also blackbeard's daughter mm-hmm. um you get the spanish themes in it and there's even a um spanish influenced he's a pirate um musical piece on that one it's so good oh my gosh they like they they did so well paying attention to the movies paying attention to the actors paying attention to like the ridiculousness of it but also like hey some of this could actually happen because pirates are real Mm -hmm. um it is 
absolutely phenomenal and like oh it's so good so good absolutely uh now we're going to go into our uh i'm I'm sorry not our recommendations our honorable (laughs) mentions oh geez that's how you know i'm there yet that's how you know i'm new at uh, hosting (laughs) uh hope why don't you start us off with your first uh honorable mention okay so like i've been looking because first off ellen silverstray silvestri why i added an r in silk to make silver i don't know silvestri um he is phenomenal and i i'm sitting here going i know he's done a lot of things well yeah his wikipedia page is literally broken up into film 1970s and 80s Mm. film 1990s the different eras of film um but so the first one i'm going to say because i didn't realize that he actually did this one until just now lilo and stitch Mm. It's, oh gosh, he uses elements um, that make it so nice. Like, it's it's one of those soundtracks. First off, I love the soundtracks that, or the songs in it that have the lyrics. Um, so Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride. Um, I think there's another one, but I can't remember what it's called because I think it's the title is in Hawaiian. Um, but then this music also just like that soundtrack fits really well into the movie where you don't get pulled out. And mm-hmm. it's just so like woven into the film that you don't that you actually don't realize it's there, which for someone who listens to movie scores is also really good when I can focus on the movie and get the soundtrack in my head but not be focused on it like pirates movies they're great and i love the soundtrack but like i also start singing along with the music when i start hearing it instead of actually watching the movie yeah totally (laughs) (laughs) what about you what's your first honorable mention uh my first honorable mention is going to be michael g kino's a batman score that score is so good when the when he's just when Batman is walking towards the flipped over car with Penguin inside is such an epic moment. And when that score just starts to speed up during the highway scene chase, oh my god, it's so good. It's just such a great, great score. And it's I I love uh the Christian Bale Batman scores. Those are also great, but Michael Giacchino just knocked it out of the park. And I'm so glad he's doing more stuff for Marvel and DC. He absolutely deserves it. I love his score for Werewolf by Night. And I'm so glad he's getting more work because he absolutely deserves it. Oh, and then he had his directorial debut in Werewolf by Night. So he's a great director too. And I hope he gets more projects. Uh, what's your second honorable mention? Um, I'm going to stay with Ellen Silvestri for a minute. Um, first off, I want you to know that he wrote the score for one, two, four, five, six, seven episodes from Tales of the Crypt from the Crypt. Just Who so you're that? aware. Ellen Silvestri. Okay. Hmm. Um, Silvestri. Why can't I say his name? I don't know. But, uh, he did Captain America, the first Avenger, the Avengers, 
Age of Ultron, uh, Infinity War, and Endgame. And oh gosh, just Captain America the First Avenger was so good. It's such an he, underrated Marvel movie. I can't believe people don't appreciate it more. Yeah, like, it's, it's definitely in like the top 15 for me. Like every time I rewatch the movie, I'm like, damn, this is a really good movie. Why do people not talk about it more? Which tangent on that. Um, someone on TikTok pointed out to us that you can actually see the blood on Bucky's hand mm-hmm. when he's hanging on to the side of the train car before he falls for the arm that he you know loses. And I was like, I've never noticed that before. And now I hate this scene even more. <laughs> um, but no, he did such a good job for um the first event for Captain America the first Avenger score because like oh my gosh like there are movie scores in my opinion are supposed to help you feel and I think they say this at the Oscars well yeah Oscars there's too many awards and I can (laughs) never keep them straight um the Academy Award the Oscars um they say, you know, it helps to influence how we feel about different scenes and um like when he's upset about Bucky dying and you know, Cap's oh, trying to dying. drink. You know. <laughs> at the time he was dead. At the, time, okay? at the time. We didn't know until like five years later. He's not actually dead. Mm-hmm. Um but oh my gosh, he does it so well of like making music so somber and sad and like but also having that element of like kind of frustration because Steve can't get drunk. Right. And here he is in the bar that was literally bombed out and burned up. And he's drinking because his best friend just died, but he can't get drunk, even though you know that's exactly what he wants to do. And the music is just there to help you start crying. And it's just, oh gosh, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Alan Menken, who is very well known for the Disney movies, like the animated movies, Little Mermaid and such, mm-hmm. um, he wrote Star Spangled Man really Which, yeah that makes sense you know i hear it now i i hear it yeah i, <laughs> I, I that, yeah no i i i definitely get that so yeah that's my that's my number two um honorable mention mm-hmm. not that there's a list of like where these all go they're just like all no, honorable of course mentions, not. that's but... the beauty of honorable mentions it doesn't have to be ranked um my second honorable mention is the lion king uh, both the animated and the live action because live I know action. yeah the live action yeah uh, I know people give a lot of shit to the live action which is yeah, kind of deserved I mean John Favreau tried his best um, but I will say the version of Hakuna Matata and the is much better in the live action one than it is oh. in the animated one no let me let, let me finish let me finish Donald Glover is a way better singer than Matthew Broderick I'm sorry but when when Donald Glover just comes in with the Hakuna I just felt hey. that. I'm, he just came in with that. 
I'm sorry. That's fine. But yeah. Seth Rogen, no. And there were a couple lyric changes that I was not okay with them changing. So I was like, I'm singing along. And then all of a sudden I sing this word and they're onto that word. And I'm like, wait, what just happened? Yeah, no, that is annoying. But I will say, um, Jeremy Irons is be prepared and um the animated one is so much better than the live action one where he's just saying words. And I'm like, this is more of like a rap than it is like the actual song because he's just kind of saying words and he does a be prepared but like he actually sings it in the animated one by the way that is like the most underrated song on that soundtrack because you know i love that people love i just can't wait to be king and hakuna matata but be prepared is such an epic villain song it's right up there with poor unfortunate souls for me with ursula yeah. my two favorite disney villain songs. oh dang it i just <laughs> remembered dr facilier's song from um princess and the frog i mean i love that song too sorry oh Those friends on the you... other side yeah friends on the other side i was humming that all october because it's such a great ha- halloween song to have on the playlist just i love like the jazziness to it and it's like the slowness if you're gonna put make a freaking film have the setting be in freaking norland's and you don't put jazz in that, it's a you disservice. are doing something wrong. Exactly. But uh, I love the, are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, it's such a good song. Ah, you know, a lot of Disney, uh, Disney has a lot of bangers, but I think Lion King is my favorite of the animated Disney soundtracks because I love three songs from that soundtrack. And usually, like, with the Disney soundtracks, I'm like, I love this song, and the rest of it's, like, okay. But Lion King just really hits it for me. Oh, and the beginning. Nah. I fucking love that intro so much. It's it's all so good. And the fact that Elton John, one of my favorite musical artists of all time, helped with that film, it just cherry on top. Oh, chef's kiss. Perfect. What is your third honorable mention? Uh, well, first off, I am looking up something mm-hmm. for the, um, wow, okay, no, this is the one problem I have with Wikipedia on my computer is I can't just, like, click on what I want, mm-hmm. um, because I'm trying to remember who sings the opening song um okay it's carmen twilly and lebo m morake Mm -hmm. and for that was for the 1994 Mm -hmm. and then for the uh for 2019 it was I scroll down that's almost there music um we also had Lebo um doing it um but then it was Brown Lindy Way McKees um so I just wanted to make sure because I couldn't remember if 
they made it like a white person singing that opening or not and i'm and they did not as far as i could tell um but so my honorable mention which i'm gonna start off and say this came out the same year as the princess and the frog which blows my freaking mind that was back in 2009 that's a long time ago I'm sitting here going, no, because I remember going to see it with my Girl Scout troop, but we were at, like, high school. No, apparently it was, like, seventh grade. Um, not high school. Um, yes, I was in the Girl Scouts for a while. Um, basically kindergarten through 11th grade. Um, but so my, my favorite is, of course, Hans Zimmer, again. Um, but I was literally just like, oh, this film, Sherlock Holmes. With Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr. Gosh. Like, I don't know. I don't think it's violin or fiddle, but it's like one of those, like, I think it's a harpsichord, I think. That makes the little. No, that's a harp. Oh. No, I think a harpsichord has keys, but it also has, like, the strings that kind of. So it doesn't quite sound like a piano. But it's a little bit more like sharp sounding than oh, yeah, uh, um, an actual harp. Cord, yeah, that was used in the Knives Out um movies. Yeah, yeah. The intro for Glass Onion uses a harpsichord. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. And so, if I get that wrong, um, don't tell my mom because she's a music teacher. Don't tell my sister or brother in law either because they are band directors, music people, teachers as well. Um, reminder, I'm going into English as teaching, not music. So don't hate me if I get the wrong instrument on a very like precise. Anyway, um, just but like the little, uh, like because the little harpsichord for it just makes it like, I don't, I don't know how to like fully describe it as much as just like it fits the time period um but also just like fits similar in like the curiosity and strangeness that is Sherlock Holmes and it just it fits so well and then you get like the fiddle and the violin and like the full orchestra for stuff and it just oh it fills it up so well and like I said, of course, it's Hans Zimmer. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he is probably... He and Alan Silvestri um, are probably, like, the two that are going to be taking over for John Williams, in my opinion, with, like, musical scores. There are a couple others that I'm like, I can kind of see you doing stuff, but you're not in it as much. Like, you haven't done as much yet, so you still have a bit to go. Mm-hmm. Um... But, yeah, like, this music, it fits Sherlock Holmes. Like, it is Sherlock Holmes. Because even when I watch uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock, like, the music doesn't have quite the same, like, it doesn't match Sherlock as well, in my opinion. Like, the character that is Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a good score, but, like, it just, there's something about, the Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr.'s, Hans Zimmer's, that just, like, it 
it is Sherlock Holmes. That's that's what it is. It's it's Sherlock. Because of course, you know, Sherlock would find this random instrument and know how to play it or learn teach himself how to play it in a matter of five days, whatever. So Yeah. yeah. That is a great choice. Um, uh, my third and final honorable mention is going to go to John Carpenter's The Thing. I love that movie. I think it is a perfect horror movie. It's one of the it's one of the rare cases that a remake is better than the original movie. Uh, John Carpenter just takes the concept of the thing, the shape-shifting alien that can turn to anyone and you have no idea who it is, is just a, a terrifying concept. And the soundtrack, um, the movie takes place on this Antarctica base. They're in the middle of nowhere during a snowstorm and they have to figure out who the alien is without any outside help, no contact with any of the government and limited food and supplies. They have two flamethrowers and a couple of pistols, if I remember. So it is tense and the music helps it so much with just these little um just these little beats of just tension. It's a very simple, um, it's a very simple track. I'm sorry, not track. It's a very simple score, but the simpleness is exactly what it needed because the plot is simple, the uh score is simple, but with the writing that um, John Carpenter does for this movie, it just, it all works. And it just all culminates in this very stressful movie that is just, it's just fantastic. So yeah, that is going to be my final honorable mention. Nice. Oh, yeah. So, uh, at the end of our podcast, we always like to give out recommendations. Uh, Hope, what are your recommendations for the week? Um, so first off, if you're in the Mount Pleasant area, go to Doozies. They are open now. Uh, they were, they opened as of March 31st. They apparently have a new flavor that is lemon lavender hand-dipped ice cream. That is a light citrus flavor that would pair well with any fruit topping. Um, so if you're looking for a new ice cream flavor to try, go to Doozies. And they are pretty inexpensive. Like, they're a, they're a good good for college students on a budget Mm -hmm. um if you want something to laugh at go watch the video of travis kelsey throwing the opening pitch at the guardians baseball game really Um, it's oh god it's so bad and then patrick mahomes trolls him oh god like oh you you could you sit there and go it's a good thing you weren't a baseball player dude it's hilarious just like and then Travis Kelsey tries to come back with like, well, yeah, obviously I've been spiking the ball. And I'm like, if you were spiking the ball, it'd be right at your feet. <laughs> not at, not like, no, it's, it's just bad. It just, it's, it's hilarious. That sounds hilariously terrible. <laughs> it's one of those, you sit there and go, you throw a football. A football, you throw forward. How did you hit the ground? <laughs> like not even halfway to the catcher. <laughs> and the ball is smaller then like what how did you yeah um i am sure his brother roasted him for that as well um if i ever saw travis kelsey i'd be roasting him for it yes (laughs) (laughs) um my other recommendations for y'all um i am recommending the 
rom-com how to lose a guy in 10 days it stars um kate hudson and matthew mcconaughey it came out in 2003 so it is a bit old but like you can't fully tell in the movie um but basically it's hilarious because matthew mcconaughey's character is um like um dared essentially to ask make a girl fall in love with him in so many days because he thinks that he's hot shit and can do that and then of course the girl that his co-workers are daring him to make fall in love with him is a girl that's writing an article about how to lose a guy in 10 days um using all the techniques that her co-worker um uses and how her coworker always loses a guy within the first 10 days of their relationship. Um, so yeah, it is fantastic. I still love it. Um, I think it's one of Matthew McConaughey's better romantic comedies or romance movies, just because I feel like he and Kate Hudson have a really good chemistry together and their characters are like opposite, but the same and like gel really well together, even though they're trying to do opposite things. Um, but yeah, those are my recommendations. Very nice. Well, my, yeah. recommend, my recommendations for the week, uh, it's going to be two films, actually technically three. Uh, two I haven't seen yet, but I am still going to recommend because they are great pro- uh, passion projects and they're just different films. I'm going to recommend the Super Mario movie just because, just go see it for Bowser singing about Princess Peach. I love that song so much. I bought it on 99 cents on iTunes, even though that there were several music videos released on YouTube for free. That is how much I love that song. And I love supporting Jack Black. So go see that movie so we can support him and get him that Oscar, please. He totally deserves it for everything that he's done for the music genre and the movie genre. Uh, I am also going to recommend Air. It is Ben Affleck's new uh, movie that he directed. And he is once again teaming up with Matt Damon to tell a story about how Air Jordans were created. And I will probably be seeing that this weekend, along with Renfield. It is the new vampire movie with Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage's Dracula. And Nicholas Holt plays his servant Renfield as he tries to separate himself from Dracula and tries to become his own man. And it sounds like a very fun time. People have described it as John Wick with vampires and I love John Wick. I love vampires. So that's right up my alley. So that's what I'll be seeing this weekend. And those are my recommendations. Nice. Um, well, uh, as always, we would love to hear from y'all. If you have um, any responses that you want to tell us to our questions of the week or in regards to what uh, our topic. So today, if you want to tell us your favorite um, movie scores and soundtracks, um, you can reach out to us on our Twitter and Facebook at Raving Geeks. And then you can always check out our TikTok videos. And uh, if you make a comment, we can respond to comments, but we cannot respond to messages because as a podcast, we don't really have a cell phone mm-hmm. number that we can add in. Um, but we can respond to comments. So you can also find us on TikTok at Raving Geeks as well um as and as always i have been hope Gooderall along with my co-host i'm carter sally and we hope that you guys have a great weekie and stay geeky see See you guys later